God, praise God. Pastor Mike here. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Praise God. I pray your day is going well and your week is going well. And uh, I'm glad you're able to uh, stop by for a visit to uh, partake of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Because uh, we can always use an extra boost uh, during the week, you know. Uh, these sermonettes, as you may or may not know, are being recorded in audio as well as video for the purposes of those who may want to listen while they're in the car. And uh, again, sermonettes were implemented here to uh, afford those that do not have time to listen to a full-blown sermon all the time to listen to it while they're on the move or only have a limited amount of time. So uh, we obviously don't want you looking at a video while you're driving. So you can um, hit the uh, audio portion of this and listen also. Amen. So praise God. But uh, starting right, right out, I have a question for you. You know, how, how's your planning going? How many of you out there have plans and things that you want to accomplish and you're kind of wondering where to move on? Of course, you're praying about it, about how to go about doing things in your life, you know? Well, God has a whole lot to say about planning, alrighty? And as usual, the Word of God can always give us very, very good advice. So today we're going to look at the events of, um, of uh, Abraham and Sarai relative to planning. And of course, as always, go right to the Word of God. So we're going to start by going to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, and we want to start right with verse number 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years, ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to, to be his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Okay, now, here's problem number one, the beginning of a problem. Okay, here they're, they're going to do. God did not tell Abram to go with uh, Hagar. Okay, Abram, God told Abram that he and Sarai were going to have this baby, have the baby. But they decided they want to help God along. And so right away the wife says, take my handmaiden. All right. So they decided they're going to help God. And here comes the beginning of a problem now because now Hagar was, was looking down at her, at her mistress, uh, Sarai. Okay, was despising her. Verse number five. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid unto thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleases thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So when Sarai uh, got, got very harsh with Hagar for having the baby, which was her idea to do, um, Hagar decided that she would flee. Verse 7, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence cometh thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself into under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for the multitude. Okay, now, here the angel of the Lord is saying to Hagar, okay, with this child, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. 11. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. 
please underline Ishmael. So call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction. The Lord has heard thy affliction. Okay? And then it goes on to say, verse 12, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. He shall be as a wild man, the son, Ishmael. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. This is what the Lord is saying is going to be the future for this child, Ishmael. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Biharoi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old, and Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. All right? So at this point now, he was 86 years old. All right? So again, to recap here, Sarah decided that she's going to help the Lord out and to give her, give uh, Abram her handmaid. And as a result of that, she had the baby. And the baby was called Ishmael. And right away now, the Lord is saying that this, this plan of yours, which birthed this child, this child is going to grow up in verse number 12. He shall be a wild man. His hand will be against every man. All right, and every man's hand against him, that this child was going to have some issues in life. Okay, so then we see here now we continue on. We we go on to uh, verse number seventeen. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter seventeen, verse number one. And when Abram was ninety nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now here he's making a covenant, and he's telling him, You shall be a father of many nations. All right? Neither shall thy name any more be, be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. Neither shall your name be called Abram anymore, but shall be called Abraham. For father of many nations have I made thee. You see? Now, you have to realize that in ancient times like this, ancient biblical times, names were very, very important. Okay? Because as you called forth one's name, you were calling forth the character of that person. Okay? You were calling forth forth the, uh, the attributes of that person. So here, every time Abram was going to be called Abraham, it's a reminder to him that God said that you will be the father of many nations. This is what the Abraham name was connotating, okay? And so it's being repeated now. Abraham, Abra you shall not be called Abram anymore, but you shall be called Abraham. Verse number eight goes on to say, and I will make thee exceedingly, I will make thee exceeding uh, fruitful, and I will make thee, make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thy seed, me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Okay, so now this is called the Abrahamic covenant and this is where God is promising Abraham this is what's going to happen. All right, now, Remember that God's, Abraham's promises also extend to us, okay, in terms of us being prosperous and being able to prosper. So what are you planning in your life? What are the plans for your life? Are you, are you consulting God or are you off trying to 
dream up some scheme or some plan to help God along, okay? So we see that that is not always a good thing to do, okay? And so he goes on to encourage him. So then now we go to our, um, to chapter 17 still, and we want to jump down to verse number 15, okay? Verse number 15, and it says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Okay, and I will I will uh, bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people, uh, people shall be her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abram said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God says in verse 19, And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Okay, now back to names for a second there now. Okay, he's calling her uh, from Sarai to Sarah. All right now, Sarah is translated as princess. So this is like a reminder to Sarah because one of the things that was troubling Sarah when God first made his pronouncement about her having a baby in her old age, was that she was barren. She had been barren. And in these ancient cultures, ancient Israel, for a woman to be barren, you know, they, they, they thought very little of themselves. You know, they were kind of put down as not being able to, to bear children. All right, so by changing her name to princess, this is telling her that, 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 that she is, is, is like a, a youthful person. Okay, she is is a younger person. She's not uh, she's not someone to have such low self esteem to to bolster what you feel of yourself. And then he also told her that you will be the mother of many nations. All right, okay. So we see here that names are important. All right. So then it goes on. It goes on here and continues and says uh, um, in verse number nineteen. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. And I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall, be, shall he beget. And I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, but my covenant, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this time at this set time in the next year, okay? So again, what he's saying, what the Lord is saying, yes, Ishmael is your son. He's the seed from your loins, okay? And yes, I'll bless him, but my covenant was for you and Sarai to bring forth this child. This is the child that I have chosen, okay? Alrighty? And he says that at this time, next year. Verse 22, and he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, Abraham took uh, Ishmael, uh, his son, and all that were born in his house and all that were brought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine. He was 99 when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, uh, his son was 13 years old and when, his, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son. And all the men of his house, born in the house, and brought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. Okay? So we see it from the story. What is it that we learn? We learned that God had promised Abraham a son uh, by Sarai. 
Okay, and since it appeared that God was not moving quickly enough, they decided they were going to help help God out. Okay, now does that sound familiar? Some of the things that you've been praying for and hoping for, things you're hoping to accomplish, have you decided that you're going to help God out, or that you're going to do some things on your own to help to help um, things to come to fruition in your life, to help you to realize some of the things that you're praying for? Okay, this child named Nishmael was indeed a son. Okay, but he was not the child of the promise. All right. So when we try doing things ourselves and try helping God out, uh, what is the result of that? Okay, what is the result? The result here was that a, a, a child was born, and God, like I said, God was going to bless him. But to say that he was going to be a wild man, and what he was going to grow into being still impacts today, us today. Ishmael is the father of the Arabic nations, okay? So sometimes we believe that when we try to help God out, that we're going to get closer closer to our, um, to realizing what it is that we're praying for, you see? But many times, though, we too, if we're not careful, we too can wind up birthing Ishmaels in our lives, all right? We can wind up birthing Ishmaels, all right? When we go outside of what God has wanted us to do and we don't listen to what he's telling us to do, we wind up birthing our Ishmaels in our lives that wind up presenting problems. Now, these, these things, these plans that we birth, you know, sometimes they can have a modicum. They can have a small amount of success in some particular areas. But usually when we wind up doing things that we plan to do, absent Holy Spirit, absent guidance from God, absent following Holy Spirit, okay, these Ishmaels that we wind up birthing, these plans that we birth on our own, we, well, again, while they may have a little bit of success, they wind up presenting problems down the road. Okay, and we have to pay for the consequences. We suffer the consequences. All right, remember the consequences here to Sarai's action, Genesis sixteen twelve, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. All right. So, in other words, once an Ishmael plan is born, we are stuck with the results of that plan. We're stuck with it. You know, we often would like to carry out our own plans. And then have God bless them. Let me say that again. We oftentimes go about carrying out our own plans, and then we want God to bless our particular plans. Okay? But saying of God, remember one thing. God is not obligated to bless or care for our plans that we have birthed and developed outside, uh, uh, within our own minds, okay, outside or absent the input of the Holy Spirit. God is not obligated to bless those plans. Okay? Right, right, right. But many times we come up for something, we come up with something, and then, then after we've done it, you know, we may even realize, oh, gee, this wasn't the greatest thing that I could have done, you know. And, and then you start praying to God and asking God to bless that particular plan, you know. Even and you developed it without God, or may have may have been even contrary to what God wanted you to do, Amen. So God's not obligated to bless that plan, okay? If we birthed it, if we birthed it. And many times God will simply stand back and say, okay, now what are, what are you going to do, you know, you know, to get yourself out of this mess, all right? So we have to be careful in that regard, all right? In Psalm 127.1, 127.1, it reads, it reads, uh, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Okay, so if Lord doesn't build the house and you just decide to do this thing on your own, then you, you're really, you're really, you're working in vanity. You know, you, you know, you you're working on something that is just not going to work out. Okay, and if you think of, if you think it is going to do that, then you're going to wind up being in for you know, an unpleasant surprise. Amen. Except the Lord builds the house, 
They labor in vain who build it. Right? So it becomes a practicing futility. If God is not guiding your life, if God is not the, 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 um, the, the, the master creator, the architect of the plans that are in your life, then if you're trying to build it on your own, then it's a, it's a practice in futility because it's not going to go anywhere. Amen. Amen. God has many great things in store for you, and he will indeed bring them to pass in his perfect timing. Okay. So let me encourage you to wait on him. Wait on him. Don't be in such, such a, such a, a, a rush. You know, an Ishmael coming into your life, an Ishmael plan that you may develop can wind up having some really troubling, troubling consequences. Amen. So it's best that you wait on Isaac to be born in your life. Let the perfect plan that God has in store for you be born into your life, because I'm telling you that what he brings into your life will be an awesome and a wondrous thing. Amen. If you simply have the time and the patience to wait, amen, the time and the patience to wait. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. You know, again, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. All will, will indeed work out for you. You're better off waiting for him. Amen. So pray on these things that you've heard. Think on them and move forward in the Lord and be blessed in all that you set out to do. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.